What's up, vitamin lead? I thought I'd take the Oprah approach today. Hope you enjoyed it. Welcome back to Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I am your host, TJ Reed, and I am glad that you are back here joining us. If you have been enjoying this, would you subscribe? So many of you have subscribed already on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and other different uh, podcast platforms, but would you subscribe? And then if you're finding benefit, would you share it with one other person? Would you just take a second and would you just pause this recording and text somebody else or WhatsApp or Facebook message or whatever else you would use and share this with them and say, hey, I think you'd like this podcast. Would you take a listen to it? Apparently, some of you have been doing that because we have added some new cities since last week. Uh, We have added Washington, D.C. We have added Philadelphia. Pennsylvania, spent a lot of time in there around college. And then we also added Boise, Idaho. Oh, you don't know how excited I am that we added Boise, Idaho. I spent there some time there maybe about five years ago, and it was incredible. Now, fair warning, I, I only went there in the summer, so the winters could be totally brutal, but I can speak to June in Boise, Idaho was spectacular. It's just this this open land. You don't realize how much where you live sometimes is cluttered by buildings and signs and things like that. Just wide open sky across the way. Uh, got to see the Snake River Gorge and uh, man, it felt like the sun didn't go down until 10 p.m. most nights in June. It was just an incredible place and I really enjoyed it. So if you're listening from Boise, Idaho, shout out to Boise, Idaho. Thank you for listening. So glad that you're a part of this. We are in part two of our series called Frozen Feelings. If you remembered in our last podcast, Frozen Feelings, I talked about how my daughter Elsie has been watching Frozen and how she just kind of got the song wrong. She, uh, The part that she just continues to repeat to herself is conceal, don't feel, conceal, don't feel. And I just, as a dad, wanted to grab her and say, no, that's not the lesson. Don't, don't take that lesson. And, and we just talked a little bit about how it can be so scary if that's not a place where you live, where you're used to working with feelings, especially in the workplace, uh, that it's going to take some bravery and courage on your part. And I, I read recently, this is, this is so good. This is from a guy, his name is Manoush Shafiq, and he's from the London School of Economics. So when I read his title, I said, oh, this is going to be, you know, very... Very heady, very intelligent. But what, he, but what he said is just so good. He said, in the past, jobs were about muscles. You know, cavemen, moving stones, uh, factories, things like that. Now, a lot of times they're about brains. But in the future, jobs will be about the heart. In the past, jobs were about muscles. Now they're about brains, but in the future, they'll be about the heart. And I think we're already seeing that, right? When you think of different companies like uh, Tom's Shoes, social consciousness, right? You buy a pair of their shoes, they give a pair uh, of shoes to somebody in a developing country. Or I was even just reading about Warby Parker and their glasses. They give a pair of glasses and they've been able to prove that people in developing countries, that when they get a pair of glasses, their productivity increases, that their uh, earnings actually increase in that area. What a cool 
thing to be conscious of. And so in the future, they'll be about the heart is what Manu Shafiq says. I, and I'll tell you what, when we're looking to promote people, uh, we're, we're absolutely looking for character, intelligence, great attitude. But man, one of the biggest things we're looking for in great leaders, even in our organization, is emotional intelligence. People that know what's going on, right? Because you know, to, to be influential, you got to have this emotional awareness. They, they call it an EQ, an emotional quotient. Uh, you got to know when you're not connecting with people. You got to know when it's time for you to shut up. <laughs> Anybody else ever been there? I find myself there sometimes uh, very often in a week. And I'm just going, man, I wish I would have shut up at that point. Uh, they, they know when there's a disturbance in the force, right? When they just can walk into a room and go, okay, something's not quite right here. Uh, they can know when they're looking too perfect and that they need to have some vulnerability to what they're saying to their team. And so today I want to spend a little bit of time just digging into you as a leader because frozen feelings, like if you're not dealing with your feelings as a leader or, or how you're projecting those to your team, you'll never be able to deal with their feelings well, right? Always comes back to starting with you. I'm realizing that so much more especially this year, just realizing how important it is for me to be healthy in who I am so that I can lead healthy for other people. Remember what Brene Brown said. We talked about it last podcast in her book, Dare to Lead. She said, leaders must invest a reasonable amount of time attending to fears and feelings or squander an unreasonable amount of time trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behaviors. So think about that for yourself. First, you need to take time to invest a reasonable amount of time attending to your fears and feelings, or you'll find yourself squandering an unreasonable amount of time trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behavior. When was the last time that you felt anxious about a project you needed to get done and you found yourself two hours, three hours later not having gotten that thing done because you were worried and anxious about it and you don't really have much productivity to show for those hours of what you were going through? Anybody else been there before? So you as a leader, so what I wanted to do is I wanted to take that thing that my daughter was saying from Elsa and tell us that when as leaders we need to conceal and when as leaders we need to feel. So let's talk about the things of when to conceal. The first one is this, is that each of us needs to have a bitterness boundary. Each of us needs to have a bitterness boundary. Uh, live in, I live in a beach town. And sometimes, uh, because of things that have been done to these bodies of water, uh, the toxicity of the water in the beaches just gets to a level where it's unhealthy for people to swim. And so the, the city will actually shut down that beach and just go, it's not at a healthy level. It's strongly recommended that you don't swim there or whatever. And so I think it's the same thing that we got to do as leaders, right? We got to have a bitterness boundary that knows when we're kind of bitter about things right now. And we just probably need to shut our mouth. And when people are going towards the beach there, we just kind of go, hey, let's go this other direction. Let's go to this other beach. Let's go to the other part of the city where it's not quite as toxic. Let's talk about something different. There's got to be a bitterness boundary. That's, that's when you know you got to conceal as a leader. Um, when you have direction disagreements. Have you ever had this? You've been in an organization and they say, we want to go this direction. Your leader says, we want to go this direction. And you disagree with that direction that they want to go. See, here's, here's the thing. You might be wrong. You might be right. But ultimately, the person that uh, 
is leading you is the one that's going to be responsible for the result. You're responsible for the execution of it. So sometimes you need to just conceal your feelings about that. If by, by all means, if you have an open door with this leader behind closed doors, you need to say how you feel and say how you feel about this direction that they're going with this. But ultimately, if you decide that you're going to stay as a leader with them, you need to conceal. And when you have a direction disagreement, smile, lead the way they're asking you to lead and trust the results that they're hoping that they'll see with that. And then finally, when to conceal is uh, when you see people doing something that's really out of character for them. This is something that I actually learned from my boss uh, in the way that she operates in, in her work is if somebody does something that's just really out of character, she tries to give them the most generous explanation for why they might be acting like that. And then she just kind of closes her mouth about it and just wait to see if it becomes a pattern. And then if it does become a pattern, then she begins to speak up and, and deals with it and handles it in those circumstances. But I just think that's so wise. When, when she began to share that with me, I said, man, that is so good because so often it's easy to just kind of make it be a launching point when you see somebody do something that you just go, ah, that's just the way they are. But if it's really not the way that they are, don't jump to conclusions. Jump to the most generous explanation you can for why they might be acting that way. So when to conceal, have bitterness boundaries when you're going through direction disagreements, and when there's an outlier action, when it's something that's just out of the ordinary for that person, that's when you can see your feelings. But then let's talk about when do you feel? When do you show those feelings? Um, the first one is when somebody on your team uh, has a failed effort, especially if you're leading leaders. If somebody has a failed effort, man, it's so important that we become the commentary that helps to normalize failure for people. Don't sit there talking about when you succeeded. Identify with them and share <laughs> where you failed, right? People will, I, I forget who's, who said this. I heard uh, somebody named Jeannie Mayo say this one time, but they, she said that people will admire you for your victories, but they'll identify with you with your weaknesses. That's what, that's what the goal is as a leader, is to pull people in, to draw them in and help them to identify with us in those things. So normalize failure. Uh, speaker Rob Bell, he, he said that we need to do this well with our kids, right? Because our kids, when they're going through failure, they're experiencing it oftentimes for the first time. And so we need to be able to be their commentary going, oh, is this your first time going through this? Yes, this is, this is totally normal to feel like this. I've felt like this before. And so how well do you do at, at normalizing failure for your team? How well do you do at being the commentary for your kids of kind of going, that's totally normal to feel like that, to act like that? When to feel. The second thing, and this is the, you might think this is kind of different than what a leader should do, but hear me out on this. Uh, it's okay to feel when your team of leaders is refusing to listen. When you've asked people to do something 10 times and they're refusing to listen. It's okay to say, Hey, listen, I need you to hear what I'm saying here and I need you to apply it. I'm not quite sure why this hasn't been heard before now, but this is something that we've got to change directions on because we're going down fast. And if we don't correct this, we're going to have a lot more serious problems going forward. It's okay to be like that sometimes. You don't want to lash out irrationally because that's one of the 
only things that people can't forget. They will not forget if you just throw a tantrum. So don't be that person, but be very forthright and be very honest and be firm sometimes when people are refusing to listen on your team. And then the last thing of when to feel is when a team member is moving on. Have you experienced this? That somebody comes in with the downtrodden face and they look at you and they go, hey, listen, I need to let you know that I'm putting in my resignation. I'm going to do this or this. And you know, deep in your heart that it's the perfect thing for them, that they so deserve it. Man, that's a time when it's so important not to conceal, but to feel Feel number one, gratitude for that person. Thank them. Say, oh, thank you so much for all that you've done for our organization. Just lavish them with encouragement and praise and just say, this this sounds like it's totally perfect for you. If there's something you can do about it and you want to try to change their mind and offer them a pay raise or something like that, by all means, go go to that. That's another way to feel, right? To say, we value you at this organization. We don't want to lose you. If your mind's not made up, let's talk about it. But if you know within your heart of hearts that that's what they need to go do, and you guys have had these conversations before, man, bless them to go do that stuff. Don't try to hold on to them. I, I say to every class of new hires that comes in, I say, listen, we have an open hand philosophy of leadership here that while you're here, it's our job to help sharpen you, to grow you, to help you be the best that you possibly can be. But we know that there's going to come a day when you're going to go do that next dream job, that thing that you want to do next. And we're not going to try to hold on to you during that time. We're going to let you go and we're going to bless you with that. Because to try to grasp onto somebody that wants to leave is like trying to grasp onto sand. It's going to escape your hand anyways, right? And so I try very hard to my first reaction when somebody says that, just say, you don't know how much I appreciate you. I know you're moving on, but I I need you to know that I am so grateful for you and I'm so grateful for all that you've done for this organization. What can I do to make these next few weeks just the best they possibly are? So when to feel? Be that commentary when failed efforts happen. Don't don't hide your problems. Don't hide uh, your failed efforts in the past, but identify with the person. Don't be afraid to feel when your team is refusing to listen to you. If you need to get firm but friendly sometimes, that's an okay step to take. Don't feel like you're doing the wrong thing when doing that. There's There's time for that. There's time that anger and frustration can be okay as long as you restrain yourself the right way as you're doing that. And then when a team member is moving on, man, bless them and what they're going to do next because they've been a loyal employee. They've been a great person that's done great things with you and with your organization. So feel grateful for them. I hope this has been helpful for you today. This is uh, Frozen Feelings Part 2. Our, our next episode, we're going to just begin to talk about, since we talked about you today as the leader, what we're going to talk about next time is what do you do with your team when you're needing to address their feelings? How can you begin to help them? How can you kind of do a check on yourself uh, when uh, when you're seeing your team begin to experience these feelings? And so uh, I hope today has been helpful. When to conceal, when to feel. I hope you'll take some of these things and really apply them to your situation. But I'm so grateful that you've taken the opportunity to listen today. Remember, this is Vitamin Lead, your healthy dose of leadership. I am your host, TJ Reed. 
Thank you for listening. Continue to subscribe and share with that next one person that needs to hear this message. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.